Hey everybody, this is Keith Hancock alongside with my longtime industry pal, Christine DeVita. And welcome to another episode of Behind the Counter. Christine, how you been? How's your week going? Hey Keith, how are you? Good to be back. Good to be back on another episode of Behind the Counter. Really excited to be here as I hear the rain trickling down behind me with this crazy weather we've been having. I think um, I think God decided to throw a little loop onto us. Let's have still a crazy pandemic go on, and we'll give you a rainy summer and weather that just doesn't quite make sense. I was a little disappointed in the last week's hurricane, though. I was expecting way more of a show from Mother Nature. How about you? Listen, I was prepared. I think more than anybody could be prepared. And um, I woke up Sunday morning looking for a hurricane, doing things around the house, getting ready, ice, batteries, waiting for everything to happen that they said were going to happen. PSE&G sent out alerts throughout the past couple of days um, how they estimate uh, a certain number of customers to be without power. The hurricane was right on track in Long Island to go through the town that I live in, and um, it bypassed me, thank God, um, and hit Montauk. But whatever. But uh, it was just... It was just a rainstorm, and there was very little wind. The next day, there was a lot of wind, so I was a little disappointed because I was overly prepared. But you know what? It is what it is. Not surprised. I mean, I got to be honest with you. For what I'm going through right now over in Jersey, it's worse than what happened last, and there was a lot less hype for this. Yeah, I mean, now we're getting a lot more rain now, but right now it's the remnants of Hurricane Ida that hit Louisiana. So, um, yeah, they're saying that Long Island – I guess the tri-state area in Long Island are going to get some nasty, uh, nasty storms the next day or so. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Hopefully the flooding doesn't slow everything down. That'll be the most annoying thing. Yeah. So what do we have, uh, what do we have on the podcast today? Well, tonight we're talking a lot about social media and marketing and social marketing for our clients. Love the title of this episode, You Need to Be a Junkie or a Social Media Junkie. Um, and social media really being the new word of mouth. But before we get into that, the meat and potatoes of the show, start off with a little appetizer here. I was reading today an old article that I remember reading back in January, and I don't even know why the heck it popped up on my phone, but it was that old Nation's Restaurant News article, and I think we probably talked about it, not on here, but just in general, about how they they were predicting a 10.2% increase in sales, but it's still not being enough to recoup what we lost, you know, obviously through 2020. I mean, recouping that money isn't going to happen. That's just lost money at this point. But uh, what are your thoughts on that now? I was curious. I wanted to kind of rehash that with you. I think that, you know, the sales that were projected to climb, I think they were saying 10.2%. One, that's nearly not enough to recover, and I completely agree. Um, second, I really don't see us moving the needle too much right now. Uh, one, because of Delta and two, because of the, uh, different States picking up where de Blasio started with this vaccine mandate. 2021 was supposed to be the year of transition and rebuilding for this industry. We have 240 billion below the forecasted sales levels. And approximately, I think they were saying 110,000 food service establishments permanently closed. And nearly three quarters of those operators saying they would not open another restaurant, which quite honestly, you can't blame them. So I really don't see much to it. Not that I want to bring up de Blasio again, but 
he had another news conference regarding his uh, vaccine mandate. Did he? I missed that today. What was that about? It was, I think it was yesterday on how he now I don't listen to anything that he has going on news conference wise. I'll just go ahead and read the news articles afterwards and listen if I have to. But I had it on my computer. I was doing some work and all of a sudden I heard him say, I have a workaround to my vaccine mandate in New York City area. And I said, what is he talking about? So I start listening to his news conference and he basically said this, your workaround is this. If you want to eat in the restaurant, go down the block and I'm paraphrasing, go down the block, go get jabbed. And then you could go walk into a restaurant and eat. And I sat there and I said, what is this crazy nut job talking about? Because that's just going in as if you're unvaccinated. So if I go down to the corner, get a vaccine, and walk into a restaurant, he's saying to everybody, that's okay. The vaccine doesn't take effect till two weeks after you get the jab. First dose, second dose, same thing. You're fully, you're fully covered, apparently, after the second vaccine, right? Two weeks afterwards, 14 days. They don't even, New York State doesn't even give you the pass on their apps to, um, to utilize in venues or anything like that because you have to get it on the 15th day after your second shot. So I have no idea what this guy's talking about. And you basically proved to me that this is all political, it's, it's all politicized, and you're just doing this to promote a vaccine, and that's it. Because if you're telling people to walk into a restaurant after you get the shot five minutes later, for me, that makes no sense. But I'm over it. So I just wanted to mention that. It's been, uh, it's been bothering me for the last day and a half. <laughs> I see. I'm glad, I'm glad this was a safe space for you to get this off of the chest. My, behind the counter is my safe space. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about, believe it or not, was not de Blasio this time. Well, I was a little bit. But um, I was thinking a lot about ghost kitchens and how they're going to take a bigger piece. And I feel like that was going to become kind of like something that took off during COVID and might have taken a back seat. But with the Delta variant growing, I think that, that they might start to be able to buy a bigger piece into the restaurant world. I you think know, so. It, it's really, and I don't know if you remember, in fact, I would almost think that you would. There was a big company that tried this like back in 2016, 17 called the Summit Group or something. Oh, yeah. I was going to work for them. You were? I, the Green Summit. Pretty, the Green yeah, Summit. Green Summit. That was it. Yep. They're gone. And that's exactly what they were. They were a ghost kitchen. Let me tell you something. Their facility, I went down and interviewed in there. And they had, well, a friend of mine, Sal Caruso, who is um, one of my electricians for the industry. Right? Great guy. And he introduced me to Green Summit. And it's a Shatsy's brother who owned it. You know, uh, Michael Shatsy over on LinkedIn, his brother owns that or owns it. Yeah, he's got a podcast too. Yeah. So anyway, so I go down there, I do the interview. This setup was incredible. It was, it had to be about five or 6,000 square feet in a basement under some building in Manhattan. And they had at least maybe 10 different concepts. And there was, there was a line, you know how kitchens have like the line saute, fry, whatever. They had each, each concept had its own kitchen setup. And they must have had, aside from third-party delivery drivers at that time, right? I think it was just Grubhub who was doing it. They had maybe about 20 different delivery guys. 
just zipping around on their bikes, delivering food all over Manhattan. It was such a crazy, crazy setup. Now, I think he was maybe the first or second one to do it in Manhattan. But now they're totally, totally taking over Manhattan, these ghost kitchens. Yeah, they are. There's a new one out. You know, I'm a big Ghostbusters fan. I think you know that. They have Zool Kitchen from the Ghost and Ghostbusters one. That, that one, I think, not just because I like the name, I think that one will probably um, take off because they've been really, really pushing. But anyway, just think that's interesting. I'm just curious to see where that segment of the industry goes, particularly in urban areas and, and how the Delta variant will impact that. And I guess that's just the restaurant nerd in me because maybe a lot of people probably don't give a shit. But going on to the, the next thing, social media. Becoming a social media junkie so important out there. It is such a big part of just everyday life and what we do. And obviously, it's been a big part of our conversation with our company and how we get out there. And we've brought on professionals. Um, I want to talk a little bit about today how owners need to not take it lightly. I see a lot of private restaurants probably fall into the wayside on this as we deal with a lot of private clients and private owned restaurants. That's the bulk of our business right now. I don't think that they kind of get this sense of urgency sometimes in regarding how fast this is transitioned, even pre-COVID, but even so much now, you know, it's, it's important to increase their engagement. There's so much opportunity that social media could provide and word of mouth is still word of mouth and old, old school word of mouth is definitely still there, but word of mouth is social media now. Yelp is word of mouth. Oh, my favorite company. Ups and downs, but they are word of mouth. Facebook is word of mouth. And it's on such a more macro scale now. Well, you know what? Social media is so prevalent now. You know what I'm saying? You have have Facebook, you have LinkedIn, you have Instagram, you have Snapchat, you have TikTok, which is just all over the place. But, you know, the important piece for restaurants when it comes to social media management or marketing or just social media for restaurants is that it improves and it tr- uh, improves trust and loyalty, right? Customers want to know that they can trust that their services and food quality will be consistent. Right. Social media pages are a great way to establish transparency. Guests could always be encouraged to lead reviews and post pictures about their experiences at the restaurant. Then you have brand advocacy. If you aren't familiar with, you know, food Instagramming, right? Get acquainted with it. It is... Food is the most photographed subject on Instagram. It is everywhere you look. You have all these influencers out there right now uh, with regards to food. uh, And there is no better way to build brand advocacy uh, than to have customers post pictures of their entrees and generate buzz around their restaurant. You have the uh, affordability piece of it. Commercials, radio spots, any marketing that used to cost big dollars back in the day before social media was as prevalent as it is now kind of just goes by the wayside. Okay. You have social media is basically free unless you choose to run these paid ads, which are comparatively cheaper than other forms of advertising. Um, Many social media planning tools offer feature free options um, and you could schedule posts to your preferred platform or platforms in advance, saving you on hourly wage costs. We use Canva a lot. And I utilize the calendar at Canva. I will do a week full of posts and uh, go ahead and schedule it on Canva and have it um, go ahead and post on our social media platforms. Right. 
And don't forget, you have Fiverr too, which we've used. Correct. Too, yeah, Fiverr also. Social media marketing is also a great way to stay connected with your guests. Uh, one of the most important reasons a restaurant should have social media accounts is to right. communicate with their customers. Right. You have to. And, you know, there's part of things with restaurants that people build with each other is emotional connections. Yes. You know, emotional either- and, and personal connections are very, very important in the business. And now to stay relevant, you have to keep that connection going beyond the table and when that check goes and hoping that they'll remember to come back next time. Now you need to have that constant communication and kind of like digital relationship with the guest on a regular basis in their presence, because it makes people feel it speaks to the way that everything speaks. Now, you know, everybody knows what's going on with everybody's life because of social media. Half the times when I see people I haven't seen in a long time, there's no need for us to really catch up. If I stay, if I watch them on Facebook. Oh, exactly. At Facebook, everybody's lives are on Facebook right now. You know, people spend an average of four hours on social media a day. You believe that four hours? Actually, yeah, I would. I, I'm sure that I do. Another great reason it the provides it provides guests with restaurant updates. So it's an easy way to let your customers or your guests know what's going on in your restaurant. Um, it's one of the fastest ways to keep your guests uh, in the now about your restaurant. Keep your social media pages up to date with information on new menu items, specials, holiday hours, events, so on and so forth. You know what it's like? It's like you're always going to have those restaurants that you love and you would probably go out of your way to stay in tune with, with or without social media. But now there's such a broader scale. It's like, it's like the restaurants you love are your siblings, but the ones that you kind of like or don't see as much, that's your cousins. And if it wasn't for Facebook, there's a lot of cousins I wouldn't know about, right or wrong. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. That is stupid. (laughs) I don't know. But like the bottom line is this, like you have to be relevant. And I think owners need to understand the importance of that and why they need to either find somebody on their staff. If I was a savvy single unit restaurant owner with a big place, I would look for that maybe marketing student, you know what I mean? To help me out and pay them a little money and give them a little work, right. something to put on their resume. I would like, but I would have find some type of like social media coordinator that could handle that for me because an owner is not going to be able to do it. No. They're not going to be able to add that unless they are that rare person who has maybe that type of background, like one client that we deal with who still has us help them with that, but they're just, they understand a little bit more of an intimate level as to what it is. You're with a one in a hundred, fine. But you, but owners need to start thinking about the importance of that. And we're probably just on the cusp of how much this communication piece is going to be and how relevant it's going to be for the businesses moving forward. And part of what we want to do, part of our podcast and part of what we do in general is to help make people be successful in our industry, because that's really what our passion is about. And I think this is something that we that they need to shift their heads on and start to put a little bit more Zoom focus in. Otherwise, they're going to get left behind. I want to share 11 social media market tips for restaurants. Ready? I'm ready. Right. Behind the scenes. I love looking at social media to see what's going on behind the scenes of a restaurant. What are they doing? Why is it awesome? How do they pull it off? These are the things I love seeing, right? So one of the, one of the marketing, social media marketing tips would be show off what's behind the scenes or 
behind the counter. There's our there's our plug for our podcast. There we go. <laughs> Without even trying. I know, right? Create a consistent voice, right? Be consistent with your branding on social media. Okay. Somebody who does that really well, I think, is Sweet Green. Have you uh, have you checked out Sweet Green social media? Oh yeah. I see it all the time. They do a phenomenal job. They really do. Great shout out. I mean, and their their Instagram is absolutely awesome. One thing that a lot of people don't do, or they do it negatively, is respond to online reviews. Okay. It's important that you respond to your online reviews because it lets your customers know that you're hearing what they're saying, whether it's good or bad. Right? If you address negative reviews and you're and showing appreciation for the positive ones, right? You've created a transparent and friendly persona on your social media platform. And it's showing that you're not afraid to talk about your flaws and make a public attempt to improve upon them. I mean, that's how I feel, you know, managers and, you know, I'm taking, uh, you know, I know that we spoke about Yelp and, and their whole review platform, how I just hate it. And this has nothing to do with Yelp or anything that we discussed about in that podcast, Yelp this, but managers use negative reviews as an opportunity, or they should use it as an opportunity to learn about their business and to turn unhappy customers into brand ambassadors or brand advocates when it comes to social media and the feedback. How do you feel about that? I think that was some really good advice and had some weight to it. I just think the brand ambassador part is extremely important, Christine. Absolutely. And it's something that we have always pushed in our industry. God, I mean, brand ambassador is a term that goes back to the 90s. It's just used differently now. And you absolutely need that brand ambassador. That's part of to what we also talked about in past podcasts. Brand ambassadors speak to the culture, right? And bringing the culture to life through brand ambassadors and getting them online and getting them to translate through social media is a, is a new art that basically is being formed in our industry. And doing that effectively is a whole new ball game that we're still learning about. And we've hired people to help us understand that better for our company, because it's not just in the food business, it's in every business. The only difference is what we do speaks to emotions more so than other industries. Going to the dentist doesn't speak to something emotional. Although my dentist happens to be very relevant on social media, which is kind of funny. Oh my God, I can't. <laughs> so, but, you know, but like, that's just, that's just one example. Um, but brand ambassadors, you need to build your brand and to constantly be doing that. And the, the part that I really liked that you brought up was how we do not respond or we respond negatively to social media feedback. And more and more people that I speak to, even on Yelp or whatever platform it might be, look to that reply from owner or whatever, or representative of the company. Correct. Because they... That's something that they look for. It's not quite as in their face as just a regular old review. But people are starting to notice that. And now they're looking at, so here's someone who had a problem. Now we got to put the how it was rectified on blast too. And that's a whole nother realm that is going to become more relevant as things crop up. And as this just grows and grows and grows and takes a stronger hold on what we do. I mean, let's be honest, right? So... A lot of big chains have a whole department that deals with, uh, deals with their social media management, right? I'm not saying that you have the time to sit there and address every single post, right? 
but I feel it's a very, very good idea to address the disgruntled customers that had a bad visit and turn that relationship around the best you can. Agree. If you're going to answer anything, answer the disgruntled guests who had a bad, you know, had, who had a bad experience, right? Because now that's your opportunity. We, you know, and we mentioned it uh, on Yelp this. It would be best if the customers sat there and told you right then and there what was wrong. It's not going to happen. Nine times out of ten, it's not going to happen because everybody loves social media, right? But if you have somebody managing it or if you're doing it as yourself, as an owner, make sure you hit the customers that aren't satisfied. That would be my first go-to when I see a post. Unless it's totally just someone's telling you off, then you're not going to answer for me. But another, another good tip is use social media to drive your email signups and, and, and incentivize it, right? So make a very tempting incentive to get somebody to sign up. If you sign up, you get A, B, C, and D. And the reason why that's important is because email newsletters now, like, you know, those just pop-up emails that you get. They're one of the best ways to get to know your guests and to drive repeat visits. If a customer gives you their email, it opens up a whole different world of restaurant email marketing and communication for you and your guests. You could go ahead, share coupons. You could give out birthday discounts. You could give out anniversary incentives. You could do special events. And there's just so much more that you could do for your brand if you go ahead and drive those email, the contact list. Build your contact list. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Another great, another great tip is user-generated content. User-generated content, or UGC, is a restaurant's best friend. UGC is photos, tweets, other forms of social media made by your guests that show your brand in a positive light, right? So you can repost any user-generated content that you find online about your restaurant, as long as you credit, obviously, the original author in the social media post, and take advantage of all of that user-generated content to go ahead and drive your brand. You know, raving fans are pretty much doing about 80 to 90% of the work for you by taking photos and promoting your business online. Yeah. And that's the part that they're missing, why they need to be promoting it, you know? Correct. Correct. Another good one is spotlight your employees. You have a new hire. You have an employee that does a great job. Go ahead and throw them up on social media. Let them know, let your guests know that, or potential guests, that you care about your staff as individuals. That's part of the culture piece that we talked about in our last podcast. Drive the culture. Go ahead and spotlight your employees. If you profile the people behind your business, it's a great way to humanize the experience of your, for your customers. Posting pictures from behind the scenes or sharing funny anecdotes about the staff can make followers feel more connected to your brand and the people that make it possible. I think we should open up a marketing company. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you wanna, I know it's a good plug. Um, you wanna ask questions and you wanna engage your followers, right? Improve engagement on social media by asking fun questions. That's why at the end of every podcast, we tell you guys, we wanna hear your feedback. We want you to ask us questions. We want you to suggest certain topics um, because we want our followers to feel engaged. Um, it, it's pretty awesome because, you know, social media is more than just telling your followers what's happening or telling your story as a brand. It's about listening. 
It's about listening to your customers. It's about asking questions. It's about interacting with them. No, I want to go back to what you're saying about you brought up birthday marketing. I think that was a phenomenal point. You know, birthday marketing, I was reading and God, I wish I could remember where to cite this, but it's becoming such an important part. And it's actually becoming a growing thing that is kind of tethered into the social media thing. Absolutely. Remember, it used to be, did you have Charlie Brown Steakhouse out in Long Island? Yeah, I think we had like one or two. Yeah, they were big in Jersey till the CEO was embezzled, laundering money or something. And the, I don't know, but they were like, I'm telling you everywhere. They used to have this thing called the handshake. As old school restaurant marketing as it could be. You got a little card and you saved up points. And they did that at Fridays too, right, Christine? I believe so. Yeah. I remember that. I remember like, and it was like, you go there and you get like a free cake with a sparkler in it because you were in the handshake club and you had to be there yes. like on, on your birthday. I mean, yes. how old school is that? And I now know. birthday marketing is becoming a whole, it's just becoming a bigger thing and it has to extend outside of the person's birthday because we live in a world of convenience. You know, people want it when they want it. Maybe somebody doesn't identify on their birthday on the same day. Right. Or whatever the case might be. And that's that, you know, and people look for that. People look for that on their birthday now. Yeah. It was something like 5% of people asked, which is, and that's a base and a number that's going to grow, look for a birthday text. Correct. Correct. It was like, 40% expect a birthday email. Oh, absolutely. I look for my birthday emails all the time. And it's Do not it? just from restaurants. Oh, yeah. Any, any type of, I guess, like Victoria's Secrets, Tommy Hilfiger, uh, Crate and Barrel, like wherever I shop or I have a credit card, a, a store card to, Macy's, what's it called? Banana Republic, Brooks Brothers, where I shop all the time. I always get like crazy incentives from them for birthdays or anniversaries or you know, whatever. And, and I use them. No joke. Right. I use them. Yeah, absolutely. I look for them all the time. Another good way is capitalize on trending topics. Christine, yeah. Just to go back to that real quick with birthdays, two unique birthday marketing ideas that I was just, that I have seen and thinking of. So you mentioned Brooks brother, right? Love so you own a restaurant and every restaurant now, number one, if they're smart, isn't genuinely asking about when the birthday is. Right. for that purpose so it can come as a surprise another thing i've been seeing is so if they might gather a couple favorite retail stores or whatever so you don't actually get any discount at the restaurant or maybe you do just get that free stupid piece of cake but then you take <laughs> that receipt none and now oh christine by the way and it should be presented from the staff happy birthday no more stupid happy birthday song and people dancing around the dining room Oh my God, I know, right? Hey, Christine, we saw you like Brooks Brothers. Here's 15% off your next order, up to whatever. BMW does that. I'm not going to lie. BMW does that. I belong really? to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to put it out there. Sounds a little douchey. I'm going to put it right out there. I just don't want to do it, but I belong to the BMW Car Club of America. I said okay. it. There it is, okay? So they have this whole program with Brooks Brothers, right? So once you become part of their membership, their BMW car club, you right away, you get like the Brooks Brothers crazy discounts. Okay. Which is awesome. Uh, and then for your birthday, BMW will email you happy birthday and give you something from Brooks Brothers. How great is that? That is amazing. That is, that's I can't wait till next <laughs> April. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. 
God damn, I'm in the dust. I'm the one who I don't look for anything on my goddamn birthday. In fact, I don't even usually tell people when it is. Oh, no, I'm promoting my birthday a, year, uh, a month before. Yeah. I do the countdown on social media if you haven't noticed. Yeah, yeah I, no, I, I do it every year. I haven't. Yeah. The only thing I like about my birthday is it's the one day a year I get to pick exactly where I want to go out to dinner with my wife with no argument whatsoever. That's my birthday present. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, your birthday's coming up in another, what, month? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Don't say the date. I'm not. <laughs> on, the, on, on that podcast in that month, we will, uh, I will personally sing you happy birthday on the podcast. Oh, please don't, no. <laughs> all right moving along uh, all right so, so what would you say after i just rudely interrupted you no it's okay capitalizing on trending topics so us marketing people call that newsjacking, right us marketing people what are you talking about <laughs> jumping on topics that are already trending in social media is a great way to increase exposure for your posts especially if you have a clever take on a topic i mean we do that on our podcast right and we also tell, you know, and we also advise our marketing customers. What am I talking about? You know, newsjacking is always a good way to do it. Yep. Use it as a way to be seen by everyone following the pop popular trend. You know, right. it is what it is. Right. It's a great Absolutely. way. It's, it's, it's another great way, right? It's another great way to put yourself out there. Another one is uh, host social media contests. I love social media contests. Everybody loves free stuff. Um, team up with whoever you can around your area or your community and offer up some free stuff, gift cards, swag, do something. There's a million types of contests you can run on social media. They're quick wins for both your restaurant and your fans. Asking guests to participate in fun trivia questions, riddles, fill in the blanks, photo contests, caption contests, or even just by tagging their friends. You're building a rapport with guests and encouraging online engagement right and spotlight your vendors we do this with our affiliate partners okay we spotlight them yeah you have to showcasing your vendors or affiliate partners provide ingredients that make uh, who provide ingredients that make your food so amazing so let's take a pizzeria right they should showcase grande cheese which is one of the best cheeses you could have to make pizza okay and there's a lot of people out there and a lot of our marketing customers that go ahead and showcase Grande Cheese as, you know, one of their, uh, one of their vendors. I, I love doing that. I absolutely love doing that. It's awesome because both businesses are driving or they're raving fans to other businesses or other, you know, or other suppliers. It's a great way to build, you know, your community uh, in terms of customers, um, potential collaborators and vendors. Additionally, Restaurant customers love to know where the ingredients come from. Farm to table. What farm on Long Island are you sourcing your ingredients? That's like the new thing. Everything is farm to table, right? So it's great to highlight, you know, the one farmer out east in Long Island that, that you support by order, you know, by utilizing their, uh, their produce. That's another great way to do because everybody's like vegan and, and uh, you know, who, who doesn't eat meat and so on and so forth. And that's so prevalent in the industry, the ingredients that you have, non-GMO, you know, so on and so forth. So go ahead and promote those vendors. It's a great way to give everybody a plug and everybody's happy. And last but not least, you always want to tell your customers the best way to support you. Okay. 
they're speaking from the heart. They're addressing that this just isn't a, it's not business as usual. You're asking for support and empathy in this difficult time, especially with COVID, right? And you're showing appreciation for, you know, anything for the support you received from them, from you being open to, to, to feed them, so on and so forth. Customer, customer communication is different, is difficult during a time of crisis, right? Especially with the pandemic, right? But staying true to your restaurant and acting with empathy and humility will help ensure that your guests know that you're making the right decisions for their, you know, for your guests. It's restaurants are about communities, right? So when I was a, a, uh, director of operations, I was always about the community. I was always promote local store marketing because it's about the people around the community that are going to support that business. Yes, you're a chain restaurant and yes, there's, there, there's millions of dollars to support the business in some cases, but there's right. nothing better than your community to sit there and support you, right? You want to talk to your customers. You want to ask them questions. You know, you want to do it face to face. You also want to interact with them on social media. So doing this and taking our marketing tips is a great, great way to utilize social media as a leverage for your brand. People want to know who you are before they dine with you. And I was talking to someone the other day who owns a small place and they weren't into this social media thing. And we, I wasn't even trying to sell them on anything. It was really just an off-the-cuff conversation with a colleague that I know, a former colleague. And I said, listen, you got to get out there on social media. I said, do whatever you got to do. I even recommended what I talked about in the beginning of this podcast. I said, find one of your, someone on your staff who's going to school for marketing and start to really work that a little bit. He said, ah, word of mouth. Um, I said, listen, people want to know you before they dine. And he's like, listen. Like, if, what if they don't go on social media or what if they don't care or whatever? I said, listen, people will look up your restaurant. They're going to look to see what your food looks like. They're going to look to see reviews. They're going to look to see if you're on Instagram. They're going to look for all that stuff. And if they can't find it, they're going to move on. So you got to capture those guests and start to create that appeal. And then after they dine in your restaurant, if they love it, you're going to fall into the crowd of a thousand other restaurants unless you stay relevant on social media and they see you and they start to build that social kind of like digital connection with with your brand because i believe that everything's a brand you don't have to have a hundred locations you might not be a global brand you might just be a brand within a county of a state but if you're out there and you are relevant people see you every day and they get to like your product and you're consistent you're a brand and People need to start thinking that way if they want to continue to survive and evolve in this industry as it just continues to evolve rapidly, more rapidly than we've ever experienced. And I know my entire career. Christine, I thought of a new term today because I know we, took, we talked a lot about uh, like how the guests act when restaurants try to enforce COVID rules and what they do and how they make other teams or they, they make the staff having to deal with them. I decided I'm calling them cove holes from now on. Cove hole. I cove love hole. it. I love it. Cove hole. Complete cove holes. You know? So stop being a cove hole. There's an article on Nation's Restaurant News about in Portland talking about what the staff had to go through. Did you catch that one, Christine? I did. I know you're I always 
combing through NRN like I am as well. You know, it's this is just a plug, as we always plug for the people in our industry and the staff. Stop doing this stuff. I was combing through it. Let me let me see here. And people are I like the comment. When people bring their shitty attitudes in, they're coming into my family and they're threatening my family and me. You know, talking about the staff, it's a family family run restaurant. Um the one the things that they put this team member through, the one person so they had the barricades up, they had the mass sign up and they had stanchions is what I'm picturing off of the article. And they wouldn't let the guy come in because he refused to put his mask on, which isn't even the restaurant's rule. So can't really speak to if it would be or not if it wasn't mandated, but it's, it was mandated to them. It's state mandated out there. Beginning of August, the state brought it back. This guy's kicking stanchions, pushing things down, shoving through people, and demanding to be given food without his mask. And it's like, and that guy, I wish I had his name, because I think I'm going to start combing these articles, Christine. We're going to start doing cove holes of the week. Oh, we should. That is great. Cove holes of the week. Cove holes of the week. Whatever we read about or we hear about or anybody in the industry coming up with it right now, please email us or send us a message or reach out to us if you have our phones and share your cove hole story with us. Cove hole of the week. That is genius. I love it. We're doing it every every episode. So we need you guys to submit the content so we could announce the cove hole of the week every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, Koval. That's it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Because something tells me this, I really believe this is going to continue on at the way things are until next spring. I'd hate to say it. A lot of challenges, not just regulations turned on and off like a, a light switch, but our supply chains are in the toilet. So it's going to take time to rebuild that from a labor standpoint, from a lot of different things. You know, there's so many, there's so many things that have to connect in the chain link that is our industry. Going to take time, so I think we can get a lot of cove holes. I think we can add some value to this, and it'll be a lot of fun. I so agree. The guy in Portland, I wish I had his name. Kicking stanchions down, whoever you are, if you hear this, you are the cove hole of the week, my friend. And if you hear this, you'll know who you are. The cove hole of the week. That's great stuff. Great job, Keith. I love it. So, so guys, anyway. yeah. In conclusion. We've talked about some really great topics, some marketing tips for our restaurant uh, listeners, um, and some, uh, some COVID info. But we want to say thank you to our listeners. We appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, Cove Hole of the Week will be a staple now with Davida and Hancock every Wednesday uh, from Behind the Counter. Behind the Counter, guys, has been brought to you by DeVita and Hancock Hospitality. Come visit us at www.dhhospitalitygroup.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to drop us a rating. Keith, it's been amazing. And uh, like us on everything. Like us on everything. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.